Oh, what's up, bastards? Welcome to the Bollywood Boys Podcast. We are your hosts. He is Sean. He is Sagar. And we are the, the Bollywood, Bollywood Boys. <laughs> Guys, today we have a very special guest. Rama Valuri is a friend of ours. He's a comedian, actor, voice actor, an impressionist, and among much more, a musical improviser. You can find him on Twitter at Pouch Juice and on Instagram at Rama Valuri. Hi, Rama. Hey, man. How's it going? Thanks for doing Good. this, man. Yeah, it's nice to have you here. Oh, thank you guys we've for been, having uh, me. We've been talking a lot about having you on here. Um, and now I'm here. And now you're here. And I got coffee. These guys give you coffee on this show. Most places don't give you coffee. That's true. That's true. We um, we usually offer whatever we're drinking at that time. It's usually coffee or tea. Today was coffee since we're earlier in the day. Uh, I'm sorry you don't get a choice. Hey, you know, when there is no choice, what you're given sometimes is exactly what you need. That's what they say. Mm-hmm. That's what. What say. an open, warm mindset to have. That's true. It might be the coffee talking. <laughs> it could be. Although Rama's a real nightmare when he's not on coffee. Oh God! You, you don't even know. <laughs> you see that? He didn't do anything different. That was scary. No. Yeah, that was scary. That was just him. That's just me normally. Yeah, guys. Today we covered or are gonna cover PK. Which is uh, an Amr Khan film. I didn't do like a little write up about it. Oh, it's um, okay. Yeah, but it's about Amr Khan. Uh, he's an alien. Spoiler alert. You find out in the first 10 seconds. Uh, <laughs> he's an alien. He lands on Earth, and then his, his jewel to call the alien ship gets jacked by some old man. Uh, and so now he's just like navigating through India, trying to figure out how to get his shit back so that he can go home. And along the way, he learns about humans and religion and and affection and love and um, and most importantly, this movie is about religion. It seems like yeah, and how every religion has like its kind of I don't want to say flaw, but um, they would say that they would yeah. Amir Khan would say that yeah, uh, every yeah. religion has its flaw or like. Empty ritualistic practices, right? That, or corruption? Uh, yeah, that yeah. How how um, uh, certain figures in each religion can like take advantage of people and their willingness to just like submit to right certain selling, selling them fear. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, yeah, it's a very very heavy, super movie, heavy. Yeah, uh, in terms of like its subject matter, delivered in like a light goofy way sometimes, yeah, which I yeah. found jarring. But we'll get into yeah, that. Yeah, Sean didn't like it, but yeah. we'll talk about that. <laughs> we'll later. talk about why. <laughs> as usual, as usual, Sean didn't like the movie, and I did. I did. Uh, uh, yeah, Rama, what are your thoughts? Well, you know what? We'll get back to that. Well, let, let, we're gonna run through these questions really quickly that we got we, that we asked you guys to ask us on Instagram, and then uh, we'll do our best to answer them, and then uh, and then we'll get to our notes. So our first question is from Yusuf Beta One. He says, tell us who made a guest appearance on PK. And this is a good test to see if, Rama, you actually watched the movie, if you yeah. actually did the homework. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. 
Wasn't it Ranbir Kapoor? Okay, yeah. moving on. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, you did it. He's asking us trivia questions? I know, right? What the f- fuck? Disrespectful, man. He's a better up beta hero. I don't know if he even listened. Damn. <laughs> Got served. Um, uh, at Kunal underscore D. Shout out to Kunal. Uh, is this movie about competitive scootering? No. I wish. Yeah, there are scooters be- in it, but not there is there's scooter way. in it yeah people ride them yeah 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 but that's, that's uh, the feature that we're working on a right mo- a movie about competitive scootering where with amr khan yeah and anushka sharma <laughs> yeah nice we wrote them in it uh at ron ron phenom do you guys know him no uh i, I met him at the, what's his name his name is ronit i made i met him at uh abc discovers ronit yeah. yeah i don't know he's a nice guy um, how does the message of this movie relate to modern day Indian society? Dissertation, please. Wow. An invitation to a dissertation. Uh, it, how does it relate to modern Indian society? How does the message of this movie relate to modern, modern day Indian society? I mean, it, I it's think, about that. Yeah. I, I, no. I think it, it deeps it, like it's deep. It takes a deep dive into it. And yeah. I don't know if what you're asking is like if this has changed modern day society in India, um, which I don't think it really has as far as religion goes. In what India. do you mean? Had, has the movie had like an effect? An impact, yeah. I think because it was banned, it didn't, it didn't really have they a They didn't chance. allow it to, right, right. <laughs> the whole time we were watching this, I was like, how did this get made, man? Like, Yeah, it's it's interesting because it is a commentary on modern indian society or just modern global society in general where in a global society if you're aware of all of these different elements whether it's competing religious ideologies political structures social structures to have someone who's a complete innocent uh, outsider the Mm -hmm. alien in this case yeah showing up trying to understand the mechanics of it there's the difference between communing with the the divine which would be an intensely personal experience just dealing with the idea of God and the influence of God on your life versus the communal idea where there are power structures involved. So who is it who you're supposed to be listening to on what authority mm-hmm. are you listening to them? How much should you believe right. in what they do? Yeah. Because simultaneously with the beauty that comes from this idea, the search for truth or meaning or God, there are the people who profit off of it. Right. Financially, selling different things experiences promising things that they can't actually back up but you take on blind faith so that caused a lot of trouble and if you look at modern indian society with people in charge right now or they call themselves hindu fundamentalists which is just Mm. a contradiction in and of itself if you're a system of belief largely philosophical Mm -hmm. to have a dogmatic structure put Mm. on top of it that largely bolsters up and empowers older men who like to put down women and other minorities and then create separations right largely based on this idea that india is a hindu state and then muslims are invaders and Mm. everybody else is a problem so you build these giant statues and you have these Mm. riots and all and that's part of the conversation sectarianism is defined by humans not by the divine so under whose authority are you actually operating? 
So those are those are the open questions, which when you ask it in what is fundamentally a conservative state in one way or another, where religion is tied so much to culture and so much to daily life, mm. to have somebody asking the questions, which when it's Amir Khan, right away they're going to say, well, he's a Muslim and exactly. the villain of the yeah. movie right, is right, a right. Hindu priest. <laughs> right, but right. his wife is from a Hindu background and it's a diverse team that made it. Right. And right. it's more representative of a modern diverse India. So it's the split between the well, younger see, the, what they're doing older. what they're doing is they're using Amr Khan as they're they're talking or they would be thinking of him as a creator of the movie mm-hmm. being Muslim giving this message. But really Amr Khan is not trying to like He's in his character, PK, and mm-hmm. the movie is about PK. It's not about Amr Khan. Mm-hmm. PK is not a Muslim. Mm-hmm. PK is no religion. So, um, uh, I personally don't think that that's like a reasonable um, thing to, you know, attack the movie on. Mm-hmm. Oh, it, it's absolutely not. It's it's basically just like their allergic reaction right and right. like the talking point that they're going to fall on is like oh this movie's completely like irrelevant null and void because amir khan comes from a muslim background so right. he must have some sort of agenda to like criticize hinduism and take it down you yeah. know yeah but yeah. it's like it's much more like complicated than that it's much more nuanced like he doesn't have that agenda you know right i mean as far as i know amir khan you know, he, he he doesn't practice. I I'm not sure. We don't we don't know. Right, right. Th- that, that's like something I, that's I don't not. Think, I don't think he's trying to poke at a specific religion. Yeah, here. I think he used the um you know the religion that is most dominant in India, in India yeah. uh, as his uh, example. Right. But I don't think he was poking at a religion specifically. Right, right. But the concept of religion in general right he has he has the character go to every 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 talk to everyone and everybody has a different answer and a different authority who they're going to but if you look at the archetype of the villain in it he's based off of these different hindu leaders whose images are everywhere right use sleight of hand tricks and a lot of theatricality Mm -hmm. using people's need for faith or or some sort of divine assurance for profit. And you see, as time goes on, a lot of these guys getting exposed for mm. doing these things. Is the idea of being a, a cleric, whether it's especially a Brahmin cleric, you're mm. not supposed to be fabulously wealthy. Right. This right. idea of shrouding yourself like the Pope in gold and, right, right, and right. on thrones is completely... And then just like chilling in your 20-acre backyard. Yeah, it's completely it's against wild. what it's yeah. supposed to be. So if you have people who are profiting in that large way and then having... with Effectively, what he's saying is a private conversation where God is only speaking to him. And then he'll tell you... Like, there's a, yeah. the scene with the older older guy in the temple who's saying, my wife is paralyzed. What should I do? And he tells him to go on a 500-mile trip up into the mountains to a temple and ask the question there. Yeah. Which when you say, oh, if you go to the Himalayas and you go to this old temple, your answer will be there. The amount of time it takes you to go there, the cost and the amount of time you're not with your wife to go on this largely fool's errand. It's like, yes, you will figure something out about yourself along the way, which is you shouldn't have gone on this trip in the first place. Yeah. But if you say it very calmly 
and waving your hand around, people will go, well, I, I don't have any other choice. Yeah. So you must why be not? Right. Yeah. He's right. got to be right. That's what uh, really kind of resonated with me, that like point that this movie is trying to make, where like all of these religions, at least the ones that are focused on in the movie, um, there's this uh, goal that they all have to like be directed towards like God or like whatever their like iteration or conception of God is and to like go down that path towards God. Um, and anytime there's like an intermediary who says like, you have to go through me or like only I can like translate your communication with God, only I have that power. In, in my own experience, I've seen that as like largely suspect. Like, just to take a little bit of a tangent, like, mm -hmm. when I was in Chicago uh, during undergrad, there was, like, a certain, like, subsect of Muslim youth that would, like, speak with uh, a certain imam in the community there. And they would, like, report to him about their day. And, like, he would talk to them about, like, their actions and sort of break down, okay, what they did was good or bad. And would then like tell them like, okay, you have to like go through me, anything that you want to do in your like piety and, and any like act of worship, any um, that you, you have to like figure that out through me. And that's always like rang weird to me. Anytime I hear it, like somebody like doing that, I'm like, I don't know if that's something you should keep exploring, you know, because mm -hmm. you do need like guidance. You need a mentor. Yeah. You need like a spiritual teacher. Uh, to show you the ropes but like as far as like your personal relationship with god like you shouldn't need some like other person to really like be in that intimate relationship you know what i'm saying right which yeah. when in the end he's saying when he's mentioning there's two different gods there's the god who created us and then there's the god we created right there's right. a difference between the creator and right. the worshiper where when you have the secondary relationship of everybody is a gatekeeper to divine experiences, right. the question is why? Is it someone who's actively devoted out of pure faith, sharing this idea of faith and being a mentor and showing you the ropes and ultimately letting you question an experience? Or is it someone who is taking money and mm. seeking power or some sort of control? Mm. It's like, where does the human greed element go in where does the opportunity exist where does somebody exercise that kind of control over you by all the trappings of appearance it's the the clothes the pageantry whether mm -hmm. it's a a temple or a mosque or or a church it's everywhere that they explore right yeah there's people sincerely have a need for spirituality and understanding right. it uh, what however you identify but the freedom to question the existing power structures is what is lacking. And then you have things like this film getting banned in India and you have people mm -hmm. rioting because you say, this is attacking somebody specific. This yeah, is attacking yeah. my guru. This is attacking my community. Right. When it's really just asking the question. If in the end, the idea is to be more like Amir Khan's character, open, willing to explore all of these things, being multi-faith and just understanding where it's not pitting religions against each other in some violent game of chess some idea of domination mm -hmm. it's like everything has validity to it these are all ultimately asking the same questions seeking the same godhead sort of figure 
It's just how are you pursuing it? Right. And what is the goal of it? The people who are actively worshiping sincerely, looking for meaning versus the ones who are profiting off of it. And the ones who are profiting off of it are the ones who start all of this sectarian nonsense that happens in, in India or around the world. Mm. If most of the wars started on religion are wars of opportunity, not wars of faith. Yeah. So there's your dissertation. <laughs> <laughs> Professor uh, Rama. At Faisal underscore Ahmed underscore USA says, what the fuck is Amr Khan's, what the fuck is up with Amr Khan's face now? He's older? <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> what does he mean by that? Yeah, like he, maybe he's just aged. Yeah. He said, what the fuck's up with his face? What the now? fuck's up with his face? Um, <laughs> I mean, he makes some wild faces in this movie. He does. Yeah. That's he's, what he's got referring some, to. man, this dude can make some expressions. Yeah, he put a lot of time into it. There's, yeah. There's a lot of thought in there. He's an underrated physical comedian. With he's his very funny. He's yeah. very funny. Yeah, 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 totally. I mean, like, Andazap Napna. Mm-hmm. That's that movie's that's gold. Yeah. That's Amr Khan gold right there. Yeah. He's actually hilarious. Like very rarely does he get to like show his comedic chops. Mm-hmm. But like this movie, like, he does take on this really like goofy, broad character. Yeah. Which does show his range, but like like we touched on earlier, I feel like does undercut the main message of the movie a little bit. Mm-hmm. Just because, like, if he played it maybe a little bit more understated, if that was, like, the general vibe of the movie, uh, we might be able to, like, more seriously unpack what I, the message is here. But I think you know? the fear of that is if if it if he cuts that out, right, if he uh, trims that out of the film, the film just becomes too serious and less for everybody. Then it definitely gets banned everywhere. Yeah, it, right, it right. becomes the way riot. too heavy. I say lean into that, though, because he's doing two separate things at the same time, and it's hard to digest that at once. Because if you're delivering it in this like goofy, silly, classic Bollywood Broadway, mm-hmm. like, it just reads as like you don't have a good hold on what you're trying to do here. You know, It's like either be a goofy, silly, uh, easygoing movie, or like give us these hard truths and make us think, you know, otherwise I, it just gets all jumbled up. And there's like, I a, just a love story like, in there where like the alien falls in love with. Yeah. And that, Sharma. That's all like, weird. That's all weird. On, Those are like, following basic Bollywood tropes. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's doing that too much. Yeah. I, I agree with you on that, but I do think to the, um, the demographic that it's, that it's catering to, um, uh, the way that they've done it is the way that they've always done it, which is the only palatable way for them. I don't think so because he's made movies that are hard to watch. And like what? Like Talash or he's like directed some certain movies that like aren't broad and don't have like big dance numbers or, or, or soundtracks like Dobie got, you know, just yeah, like movies yeah, that make yeah. you think. I say this movie mo- is, is different. I'm saying this movie gets banned no matter what. So it's like, don't try to give us a spoonful of sugar with it, you know? I think it's, it's like, the, <laughs> the attempt to not make something like Dilse, which is definitely <laughs> right there. It's hitting you over the head with all of the political messages. But right. Dilse yeah. had a fucking fire soundtrack. Oh, yeah. And on top of that, mm-hmm. Dilse wasn't as playful as this. Yeah. Dilse did something that I don't think this movie was capable of doing. I yeah, think Dilse is like a like a, a political thriller almost you know? right yeah, yeah 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 um 
I think part of leaning into this satirical idea is it's asking you to ask the questions because there's no clear answer. There's no, there's never going to be a clear yeah, answer. As long yeah. as people are searching for answers based in faith, there are no answers because everybody has a different viewpoint and a different understanding. So if you take this man-child space alien who's trying to understand the complex to not, uh, right, dynamics right, of human relationships, right. this is the best answer he can come up with after basically being abused by humanity mm -hmm. for the six to eight months that he was there. He was robbed. He was living on the street. He didn't know which way was up. And everybody's telling him a thousand different answers. So if you can synthesize all of that into this one central point of view, it's, I don't know, but here's the positive aspect. Here's the negative aspect. Here's what you need to be aware of because I wasn't born here and I don't know. Yeah, it's what a hidden, yeah. here's what I've learned. Yeah, here's thing. it's like here's everything that you've done to me, and now <laughs> I'm going to go home. Yeah, so it leaves you something to think about. Right. Where if you make it playful, then it more people are willing to go. Going, oh, he's he's having fun. There's going to be the candy idea of here's here's a song and dance number. Uh, yeah. Here's a romantic relationship, which those are added on to. Massage really the truth yeah. Yeah. This, is, this yeah. is kind yeah. of how yeah. this is kind of how all of his films are, though, right? If you look at that as a mean bar, you know, that was also like a really heavy movie with like mm -hmm. a real message. But it was also done in this like goofy ass Amr Khan type of way. Uh, Not this goofy, though. It, ha it has heart. It has like fun moments for sure. I mean, dude, have you seen his hair? <laughs> it's pretty it's pretty wild it's, it's wild it's pretty hilarious yeah. yeah but that also was like of the time you know like when that came out like it that was, was like the it haircut like the, the soccer the faux hawk player you know? haircut yeah uh yeah i had it there's moments of levity there's like you know some sweet moments in there but like the tone isn't all over the place you know what i'm saying like mm -hmm. in this movie there's like he's like chomping on pun and his ears are like poking out and there's like this light little soundtrack that you would see in like a Disney movie. And then like five minutes later, he's like, you know, self thrashing himself with a blade on his back. He's bleeding. It's like, dude, that is wild that those two things are in the same movie. It's mm. all over the place. Yeah. The soundtrack was a very, very interesting choice because yeah. it had every, <laughs> every element of here's a, th a synthesizer with built in sounds. And this is something you might see in like 1992 he's like leftover bits of the mustakalander soundtrack just right. here's here's an orchestral hit for stuff that for was some left reaction. on the cutting room floor like, you know what this this is a little too serious let's <laughs> let's hit this noise right here <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, and and going back to the the usual trope of making fun of cops and yeah. their corruption and stupidity right, right. yeah right. just here here this like sure why not yeah okay <laughs> right. he also has a history of crazy sound effects in his movies mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Right, yeah, he does, and I I think that that part of it too, because you look at just the Amir Khan brand, it's supposed to be this yeah. open idea for everybody to be a part of, and he's one of the only people who's basically been allowed to ask whatever question he wants, yeah, because there is a pedigree of his movies do very well, yeah, there are messages in them, and not everyone will go completely circus bollywood to the extreme right, this right. one it does walk that line right. of there are moments where you go okay there's here's this clear narrative and i like it why is this love story here i'm not yeah, sure yeah. <laughs> um 
and there's where you see it's that idea of network notes or studio notes exactly like, what we need here now exactly is an item girl song yeah but yeah, we yeah. don't have an item girl hmm. so i'm sure the alien doesn't fall in love with her in the first draft of this script definitely not <laughs> you know definitely not. that you think that was that was what ultimately sold it to yeah, well, they they look at. I, I think that's to like a network or whatever their equivalent is. A Bollywood yeah. executive note of like, like yo, this movie's insane. You need some Bollywood tropes in here yeah. that are gonna fool in, people into thinking this is just another Bollywood movie, but really it's this like passion project of Amir Khan's. Yeah, but it's like that's very thinly veiled. Like mm-hmm. we yeah. get that right away that it's some real shit happening. Yeah, because if you just explore this idea that he doesn't, he doesn't understand all the differences different things of humanity and the the relationship dynamics and staring at dancing cars and stealing clothes out of them. (laughs) Um, What interest does he really have in sexual relationships? (laughs) Right. They don't, he doesn't really address it. He says that, that on his planet, they just hold hands and read each other's minds. Yeah. So do they need something? Right. And like, there already is like a love story that is meaningful and impactful to like the narrative of the story between Anushka Sharma and, uh, so Faraz, mm-hmm. you know, uh, we no. don't need another one. You yeah, know? <laughs> it just it creates a, a tension that is released immediately because he's right. such a good guy. Right, that right. Once he once he reads her mind when he's trying to console her, he knows she's in love with this guy. Right, and because of the nonsense going on, they got separated. Right, and then he pulls himself out of the equation. Exactly, like, like that. Will... That love story is like used to show like the hypocrisy of these mega temples yeah (laughs) and then he's he's sweet enough that he knows he should let her go right um right as if he has control over that anyway right but and then he still has has tapes of listening to her reciting poetry and (laughs) drunkenly rambling which that also not the most necessary they could have just been really good friends yeah there there are relationships between men and women that are just friendship he's like et but just looks like amir khan yeah you know yeah, it's oh, just like E.T. E. E. falls in love comedy. with somebody while he's on Earth. Here's a fun fact about uh, about his wardrobe mm-hmm. in this film. Um, the, between the director and Amir Khan and like all the producers or whatever, the director yeah. wanted uh, Amir Khan to wear like older clothing throughout the whole film. Mm-hmm. And everybody else, including Amir Khan, was like, no, I think I want to wear the clothes of this, like the people of Rajasthan. Mm. So what he had his crew go and do was go on the street and look for men with interesting shirts yeah. and buy those shirts right off of those guys. Shirts were wild. And yeah, so he was wild. straight up buying clothes yeah. during the shooting of the film yeah. from random people walking across huh. the street. And they were like, yeah, sure, oh, I'll, sure. I'll do it. It's and they took out. off their shirt. Yeah. yeah. Lose a shirt. Isn't that crazy? That is. Would you guys ever do that? Would you just ever walk down the street and try and buy a shirt off of someone? No. Short answer, no. No. Someone tried to do that with me. <laughs> uh, that's happened in to a, me before. I think it was in a Target. You? What, yeah. what was the shirt? It was just a Goonies t-shirt. You could get a Goonies t-shirt pretty much anywhere. Yeah. It was just a black Amazon like, pirate. Now, like, any interest you have, any movie or band or whatever. You like, can make it. Or someone has it. You could make it. Yeah. It would look cool. Yeah. I just thought it was interesting. I was in a store that probably had yeah. a version of that. And the guy was like, I'll give you 20 bucks for that t-shirt. He's like, I, I see, I see it here right now. Yeah, like, let me just take it off your back. I mean, I didn't want his T-shirt at all, so <laughs> it's like, am I gonna walk out of out of this Target in Ladera Heights or wherever I was with no shirt but twenty dollars? No, so I didn't. It's a raw deal. But then when I got to the car, I thought, you know what, I could use that twenty dollars. Yeah, 
but the moment passed. <laughs> you can't go back to the guy and say, yeah, I'll sell you my shirt now. He'll give you 10 bucks. You want that 20 Yeah. You probably could have gone for more. Yeah. Maybe. I could have gone could've 35 him. Yeah, dude, that's yeah. not very daisy of you. I know. <laughs> but then again, I wanted if my someone shirt. Was like, if someone was like, yo, I'll buy that shirt off from you for $25, I'd mm-hmm. be like, 30 Yeah. Doesn't but matter. At, but at the same time, isn't it more Whatever daisy of me to not walk around the street in a random neighborhood with no shirt on? No. Like, it, it's it not outside of my house. It's most of you to take that $35 Go buy that same shirt again and That's sell it true. for another thirty dollars, and you know it's that cycle. It's a missed man. opportunity. It's yeah, a missed opportunity. you fucked up, man. I know. You fucked up. You could have gone places. This Guys, I have something to admit. And now you're here. A, so I a came, working voiceover actor. Yeah. Ugh. I arrived here. Eight, eight years ago on a alien spaceship. Oh and shit! I knew it. You're learning. Figure it all out. You're learning, man. <laughs> yeah. What have you learned so far? Um, coffee is good. Podcasts are fun, and if you have the opportunity to sell a $7 shirt for 20 you should sell it for 35 then buy the shirt again and sell it again. Damn. Yep. You've been on Earth for the length of this podcast. Yeah. That's wild, man. I didn't learn anything before this. <laughs> I watched this movie, and then I came here. I've just been... Did you watch it today? <laughs> I did watch it earlier today. Oh, wow. Yeah. You know what Good I did thing. earlier today? Slept. Yeah, I woke up. Nice. Yeah. Damn. I, this is my first cup of coffee. That's a long movie. When did yeah. you start watching this? Uh, eight in the morning. Damn. I, think. I don't sleep Dedication. a lot. It's it, I get up really early and I don't know why. I think there's a certain That's point good. of your life where you just become the old Indian uncle that you thought you never were going to be. You just commit to it. Yeah. And I realized when I bought a recliner and I was getting up at six in the morning and drinking tea, listening to Kishore Kumar and reading Jeeves and Worcester, it's like, I've done it. It just happens. Yeah, like yeah, you'll just there. become yeah. that werewolf. Yeah, and you I, know? I just when you know, and I'm not, I'm not angry about it. This yeah. is, this is nice. It's, I think it's I, comfortable. Yeah. yeah, I noticed it just the other day when we were like shooting the Get Brown videos. I was sitting like in the corner of the couch, my legs crossed, and I was eating a banana. And I was like seriously concerned for like Gosser and Canal that they hadn't eaten breakfast yet. <laughs> and I was like, guys, come on, eat, eat something. You're gonna get hungry. Have a granola bar. We have bananas here. <laughs> and they're just like. Are you my dad? Like, what are you doing, dude? Kind of. Someone has to be. <laughs> yeah. I just yeah. became the set uncle, which I think every set should have. Just everyone should have somebody a Somebody who's uncle. worried about everyone yeah. eating snacks constantly. It, it is really... A, Cutting up am- fruit for people. <laughs> it is an amazing thing when you get a compliment from an uncle. It's just a different level. It's right. extremely where, validating. Like there was, what kind of compliment? Well, there was, there was a, a Get Brown show that I filled in for Skander. And your dad came to it. Uh, right, right. And he, you you recorded a video of him yeah. where he told everybody how proud he was of everyone and that he wanted to come up on stage and I was hug there. everyone. I was there. And yeah. nobody asked him to record that video. Yeah. He was like, hey, record me. Record yeah. me. And then he went on. <laughs> That's not true. I, I forced him to say that. Yeah. But then you get, like, we weren't there to see it. The rest of us, we get yeah. that as a, as a text message. Right, and go, right, right. wow, this is the sweetest, most validating Dad thing. ever. Yeah. yeah, we're just acting like clowns on stage, which right. is against almost everything that you're supposed to be doing. It, it is funny how, like, we are in this industry or trying to be, mm-hmm. and we're just like, no, just keep my head down. I'm not going to do, like, the traditional desi thing. I don't care what, like, the community or my family thinks. And then you get like a message like that from my dad or like an mm-hmm. uncle, and you're like, 
wait, this shit really does matter to me. I do yeah. care what they yeah, think. Yeah. I do care about their opinions <laughs> yeah. more than anything. I need it. Yeah, because yeah. you can. You, can <laughs> you only get... don't care when you don't get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Like, well, you, you don't. You don't, you don't understand don't what <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to do. You didn't try to do it this, but then been... when you get it, you go, "Oh, this is just this is so sweet." Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it must have been so crazy to have your dad, dude, for in, sure, in the audience, and like, we drop f bombs. You know, in well, the show. we drop one. We drop one. Concert says it, and she says, she <laughs> yeah. says the only two cuss words in the whole. That's show. actually not in the script, <laughs> right? But yeah. it's funny every she, time she chooses to say it. Yeah, and then and then she says, "Dick." Yeah, at the end of a sketch, right, right, right. She's the only one that says curse words, but yeah. like, um, if uh, if I was on a team and I had my parents <laughs> in the show, that's the part that they would feel most uncomfortable. Really? About. Yeah. Like, yeah, they wouldn't talk about it afterwards. They wouldn't react to it when it happened. They wouldn't clap. They would just like sit there yeah. and be like, I'm going to pretend like I didn't hear that. Yeah, oh, yeah. Man. I, I, mean, I, I was lucky. My parents are very atypical right. with it. My dad is the great unknown comedian of his generation. Right. And every time he's come here and seen a show and then spent time with friends of mine after the show, even in, in the comedy duo that I'm in, George and Valuri, Sean George voted me out of our duo in favor of my father. Wow, he would rather work with him. It's like, go ahead, you can do all the work. That's fine. (laughs) But so usually when people say, "Well, you know how Indian or Desi parents are like X," and a lot of it was based on this pressure to be some some big thing or study all the time. Yeah, my dad told me. I think I was in first grade. He said, "I already graduated. I have all my degrees. If you want to fail, that's your own fault. It's a choice. Yeah. So I'm not going to yell at you to study. That's up to you. If you want to fail, you're going to fail." But there's something liberating about that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, okay. There's also something like, is that a threat? Yeah. (laughs) Are you you telling me that, you know, I can do whatever I want? It's almost like, I know where you're going to end up. You go go try your your little thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Plus, I have have two older brothers, so I saw what what total rebellion could potentially lead to. And what... You know, I don't need the headache. Right, right. I got right. a pretty good thing going. Yeah, here. I'm the oldest rebel in my family. Oh, so wow. I'm the I'm the one that gets set an example out of. Um, I'm sure my younger brother has learned a lot mm-hmm. out of things that I've done. My older brother just looks uh, disappointed at times, and at other <laughs> times he's like, "Oh, hey, he's doing okay." Yeah, it's it's, it's always just things that like. They have no frame of reference for. Like, of course, my dad like was totally against me doing comedy when I like first started in Chicago, and then there was just like a different version of his uh, conception of it when he like came to the Get Brown. It's that used to be Franklin. Saw the packed house. It's like you know, right in Hollywood, and yeah, the the audience is is packed, and it went really well, and it's just like, oh shit, like people actually like like this. And we'll pay money to see this. None of which we're seeing. That's a different story. Yeah. But. I mean, that was the epi- that was the show that we s- oversold by we like twenty three. And there tickets. was like fifteen yeah. on the wait list. So yeah, it's yeah. like, yeah. Then he's like, oh, okay, well, it's actually kind of working. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. As long as you have something to fall back on. Right, right, you're, right. You're okay. Yeah, yeah. That's where I have several degrees that I don't use right now, <laughs> but I could. You got to later, if I need to. God forbid. Yeah, God. At just. Say Yas asks, "Do you think Amir Khan's got headaches keeping his eyebrows that high all throughout the movie?" Yes, yeah, for, for sure. sure. There's no chance yeah. he doesn't. I I do a lot of face pulling, as it's called, during physical comedy bits and all. And 
smiling is one of the most painful things you can have to do for a long period of time. Yeah, that's what they say. Frowning is easier than smiling. Oh, yeah. It takes so. more muscles to smile than, than to they frown. They say frowning is, is, it, is it the harder. Than? It's the opposite. Yeah, maybe it's the opposite. <laughs> I don't know. Gotcha. Yeah, you got me. But it's if you have to actually stay like this on stage with a, with a finger in your face it, and you're painful. forcing it, it hurts. And if you have to have a perpetual look of surprise, you're pulling so much of the top of your head just to keep your eyebrows up for yeah. a while and your eyes open that long, they dry out really quickly. Yeah. And he's in the whole movie apart from maybe six scenes. Just like... Just with his eyebrows arched and his eyes open. I think he permanently wrinkled his forehead doing that. Probably. Yeah, man. Probably took a while to to like come back from that. Yeah, yeah he had just had to be really angry, maybe attending some of the protests. Yeah. <laughs> At... It's underscore Uji asks, does Anushka's wig bother you? Yes. And it absolutely did. Yeah. Like during the, during, while we were watching the movie, we talked about it. Totally times. unnecessary. Like why? They didn't like, she didn't have like a, like a, you know, mid movie change or like it didn't right. do a time dash. Like, is there something wrong with her hair? Like it, why didn't they just use her normal hair? It was just a choice, but she looked kind of like uh was it Boris Johnson, the former mayor of London? Yeah. He's, he's got the crazy, he's like the crazy British Trump haircut. It was, yeah, yeah. I yeah, didn't yeah, yeah. understand it as, from from a f- like wardrobe perspective, right. fashion thing, I went, well, okay, but it's not a convincing wig. Yeah. So you, you can cut her hair. I think they thought it was like, oh, let's just try like a cute style here. But it was just like pretty distracting. Yeah. It it was very distracting, but I guess uh, I don't know. She was happy with it. She's happy with it. Sure. Yeah, we we got a couple of other questions about Anushka's hair. Oh, so nice. I'm, I'm gonna go through those ones before. Knock through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get it. So uh, at s mukherjee twelve says, "Why the boycott, Anushka? Why not? Why the boycott? Why the boycott? Yeah, truly, why? Yeah. I can't answer that. Yeah, there's no answer. Yeah, yeah, to yeah. That. Uh, when we were first, when the movie first started, uh, what was her boyfriend's name? Safaraz. Safaraz. Yeah. Um, there was a scene where they're both on like this moped or whatever, and it just looks so anime mm-hmm. with yeah. his hair and her yeah. hair. Uh, it's almost the same haircut. Yeah, it was very, yeah, right, very right. similar. Yeah. At humna. dot sy says, why does Bollywood have an agenda against Anushka's hair? That's a good question. Cause like, not do they do that long after this movie was like uh, Edelheim Wishkill? Yeah, and she was bald for or half. She's of it. bald for a little bit. But it like doesn't really look like she's bald. It just looks like she got a big. She just ass has head. like a bald cap on, and then she With has a lot of hair, head. so it lo- she looks like a cone head. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then it's just like painted her it skin color. It was a color. really, the really worst bad, thing I've ever seen. It was like, a really <laughs> bad bald cap job. It was awful, man. I don't. Do, maybe she offended someone early in her career, talking about how she wasn't gonna do anything to her hair. So now they've got an agenda. Everybody, doing, everybody, yeah. Like I hear you have her on your film. <laughs> she must either be bald or boycott. Yeah, I'll pay you. <laughs> Don't question. Twelve lakhs. Yeah, they'll say yes right away. At smileyface1901 says, uh, "What were your thoughts about how he was showing that people tend to follow religion blindly?" We, we kind of a fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Address that. that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, at Sakib Life, who's my brother. Uh, who will be listening to this, so I have what to be up? careful. <laughs> uh, he's going to say, uh, he, he asks, how did it make you guys think about your own religions? And this is a tough question. Yeah. It's a good one. Um, um, but it's tough. Yeah. I touched on it a little bit, but uh, 
Yeah, it, it just did remind me of like a place that I was in, like in the beginning of college, where just kind of going through the motions of things until I like took certain intro to Islam classes, certain Islamic studies classes that made me like rethink things and, and broaden my conception of different avenues of Islam. And uh, yeah, you have to have a spiritual teacher. You have to have like a mentor who can point you in the direction of certain like resources in terms of like books to read and uh, lectures and things to listen to. But uh, yeah, like this movie's showing when it gets to that point where it's like that, you know, relationship becomes like your interface with God is like that's when it gets a little like Harry, murky. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like not really, I will for say, lack of a better term, kosher. You know, I'm not the most religious person. Um, I try to I try to pray. I do I do what I what I can. Um, but I will say. Don't listen to everybody about their religious views because not everybody's religious views will align with one another's. And uh, do your research. Do your research and follow what you believe is right. And if you feel like something is a little like questionable, it probably is. Question it. You know, uh, dig deep or oh, dig, dig deeper. <laughs> dig deep <laughs> or oh, dig deep. Uh, yeah, no. Search for your answers. Don't trust the first source that you that you read or hear. Um, I yeah. I think uh, I wouldn't say this movie made me do this, but I I think like what's tied into the message here and like something that I started to do uh, around that time when I was like taking all these classes is to like constantly kind of evaluate yourself, like see where you're at. And be like, how am I doing things? Am I doing this in a way that like feels right? Or like, is something not sitting well with me? Like, what's, what am I comfortable with? What is not yeah. comfortable for me? Um, and I think like, if you're just uh, resigning or, or giving off all your like um, authority uh, to like some guru or somebody who's like gonna take on a lot of this the uh, acts of worship for you or like show you exactly what you need to do that can become like predatory so a good way to like get away from that is to constantly like evaluate your situation and yeah. where you're at like okay does this feel right you know yeah so just letting somebody else blindly decide for you yeah yeah that makes a lot of sense i was raised to question everything yeah mostly tr and grew up hindu but in the sense of it's sananta dharma it's a it's a philosophy not an organized religion in that strict concept because there's a natural I have a natural aversion to organized religions when you apply organization to it yeah. organization implies power dynamics it right, implies right. In human involvement right, right. and procedures and the question is who's, whose authority is it who's really <laughs> the person imposing who's, this who's making the who's rules. making yeah who's making the rules right, and right. growing up in a family of of academics we were encouraged to read everything so i read every religious scripture i could find in any faith yeah just out of curiosity just intellectual curiosity going if there are so many different avenues what do they all have in common right and what do they essentially say and every one of them boils down to be good and do good yeah and that's take it care of so people. 
like if I've if I've read the Quran and I've read the Talmud and the Gita and all these things, and effectively everything is morality tales mm-hmm. and an idea yeah. of a prescription for a positive existence. Yeah. And it all boils down to be good, do good. Then they're like, all right. Then they're all right. It's like if that's what you need, if you need procedure to help you be a good person, if this right. is what you need, right. then great. But if you're doing it for some sort of spiritual candy or reward, the only reason that you're doing good things is mm. because you're thinking of this afterlife. Right. Or mm. like, for example, I, I sponsor a kid in India. I've never met this, this kid through uh children international and i've never thought about not paying it or even when the the rates went up not paying that money because it's not something that i do to make me feel good about me it's i have the opportunity and the ability that if i can give this amount and this kid gets health care and can go to school and close and this helps i don't know that it makes all the difference in the world but at some point, when he is faced with this opportunity, when somebody else asks him to help, mm. then he'll help somebody else. That's all I can hope for. Yeah. But there's no, I don't look at it going, well, here's a box I'm checking. Here's someone I'm sponsoring in India. Here's other charities I'm involved in. I do it because it, living is hard enough. Existence in itself is mm. difficult. So you have a choice, which is you either make life easier for everyone around you or you make it harder. Right. So why would you ever make it harder? So that's it. It's just, okay, yeah. these are things you can do that positively help everybody around you. Just do good just for the do, sake of doing do good. Do it for the sake of, of doing good. Yeah. And that should be enough for people yeah. without this idea that somebody is going to be at the gates of heaven or something with a book or weighing your soul against a feather or whatever ideas people have at the end where your life and existence is weighed against all of your actions. If you're worried about that, then you're worried so far down the line for things that are inherently out of your control. What can you actually control? It's how you interact with people around you, how you take part in the world around you. So just do good for the sake of doing good. That should be enough. You hear that, white people? Just be good. Yeah, just be be good. Be good people, not white people. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. That's the take-home message. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I just wanted to touch on like, Obviously, in Islamic theology and like most Abrahamic faiths, there is the idea of the afterlife and that there's like a reward afterwards. But like as far as in like my research and what I've learned uh, from like books and lectures and stuff is like that shouldn't be the driving force for you to do good. You know, mm-hmm. like that is a, a truth in, in those theologies. But um also, like, your intentions behind your actions is, like, paramount. And that's, mm. like, the most important thing. Um, so, like, if you're doing it to, like, have some reward, then it's probably tainted. But if you're doing it because this action itself is good and, like, I just want to, like, better my existence and that of the people around me, then, like, that's probably the right intention. So, like, mm-hmm. that also ties into just, like, evaluating yourself because like there's a lot of like good actions you could do like some people might give a lot of money to charity and then you know just kind of grandstand about it like celebrities will just yeah. show off like oh look how like amazing i am so like yeah. that intention is totally tainted and right, it like right. yeah. renders the action like for that person like kind of useless you yeah know? it's like yeah. be be a good person in silence 
There you go. Yeah. yeah. Do it without. If you, in, in the case of, okay, if you're a celebrity and you're, you have a foundation, you're raising yeah. things. Like Michael J. Fox, for example. Right. He's mm-hmm. a big advocate, advocate for Parkinson's research. That's a platform he has where people, because they like him and they like his work, are more inclined to donate to research for that. That's using your position for a positive thing. Right. But if your idea is I'm setting up a charity as a tax shelter, which a lot of people do, then what's the point? It's like, hey, look at all of, like Jeff Bezos, for example. Jeff Bezos is one of the richest men on earth. And he donated, I think, 30, the richest man yeah, on earth. The richest man on earth. And he donated 30 million to in college scholarships. And it was a big PR thing. Look at all this wonderful stuff his, Jess Bezos his is brand. doing. He yeah. makes that in, what, 20 minutes yeah. on sales on Amazon? Right. He, nobody on earth needs that much money. And that his money it comes at the expense of workers being mistreated. And, big time. And I just cheating cities out of, out of capital and resources. His entire thing, he's more Lex Luthor than any other For sure. autocrat going today. For sure. And... People, the convenience of, oh, you can buy everything from Amazon, fine. This this is the rise of business that goes unchecked. Like, but if you look at his thing, his is a response to everybody looking at, wait, you became this thing now. You have all the money in the world, and you're doing very little positive with it. Right. So if you have it, why aren't you doing things to actually help out? But instead, it's wealth begetting wealth and the search for more power out of it. So there's a lack of positive intentionality there's just human greed which boils down to the thing like we're all imperfect creatures yearning to be better at our best that's what we're hoping for right. some people just want to have it all right away regardless of the effect that it has on everybody else right and that's what you see in in cases like this examples that they show like, here's somebody people have pain and they're yearning for meaning and he has an opportunity he knows he's not. Yeah. His entire platform in this movie is built on a bead from the necklace of Shiva that came to him in the Himalayas when it was actually sold to him by a guy who robbed an alien <laughs> the side of a railroad track. Yeah, yeah. He knows he's lying, and he tilts his head sideways and says that he's talking to God. My dad has this fun thing because there was some some pujari who said to him, uh, "Ask me, and I will ask God directly." Right. So my dad said, "So you have a direct line to God?" He says, "Yes, sir." He says, "Give me the number. I want to talk to him." And the guy froze. Like, no, I can't do that, sir. Like, why not? He had no answer. He has no answer. Because they're searching for this thing while my authority is derived from divine right. Sure, where's your proof? Yeah. And they prey on these people who, like, have the questions but, like, don't really know where to go to, like, get those answers or, like, have, like, the proper kind of guidance. Yeah. So, like... You know, there are these people who take it upon themselves to be like, no, only I have the answer. I can help you out. Yeah. But and that's, like that's true of, of billions of people who are like, any, okay, great. Like, yeah. sign me up. You know, it's true yeah. of any faith. Why that's does Joel Osteen need what Scientology is, right? Yeah. In in a sense. And then people like Joel Osteen, why does he need a, yeah, a, a, exactly. a jet and, oh, God. A, and a Houston Oilers former stadium <laughs> as his church? My God. If, if basically if he's supposed to be living like jesus then why does he have all that money <laughs> right, right it completely undermines the nature of the message but it's preying on people who need meaning or need help understanding the meaning but it's not preying on people who don't know how to pray yeah it's all business man it's a business it's all business um at seth viral we've already talked about this kind of uh, do you think movies like this bring real awareness of issues in society if so how I think it does raise awareness. I think it is like causing 
a conversation to happen. Um, yeah, uh, it probably doesn't have like a that much of a real world like effect, you know. Sadly, but uh, yeah, I think the conversation is healthy, and I think like, totally, totally. I, any, I, any like watershed moment where like it can raise awareness is, is healthy. I think uh, what it did is it made woke people a little more woke and people that don't care about a message like this to just be like, oh, no, that's bullshit. I, I think it reached an audience it didn't necessarily need to reach. People that are already aware of like, okay, yeah, we're, we kind of already know yeah. this. Yeah. But uh, yeah, the people who's like story. minds that it would need to change are the ones who are like, no, this needs to be banned. I wouldn't yeah. even like entertain the thought. Right. I mean, like like uh, uh, Anushka's dad in the movie, mm. um, you know, he, he, he was too stubborn to be proven wrong. Uh, until the very end where mm-hmm. eventually there was like this happy ending or whatever. Mm. Um, but I think most aunties and uncles are kind of just set in their ways. They don't care to question things. They're just like, this is the routine that I have. This is what I've been doing for the past 15 years and I'm fine with it. I don't want anything to change, you know? Right. And that's kind of the mentality they have when, um, when this younger generation is trying to like debunk these these theories or these these people um it kind of just puts a a a wrench in the wheel yeah um and these older aunties and uncles they can't really handle it yeah Mm -hmm. it's viewed like in such a wrong way though you know like it's viewed as like the rebels trying to like destroy the foundation of everything holy but to me that's not like what their intention is, you know, of people trying to ask questions. Yeah. Cause I think like certain religious people and certainly it is like a very daisy thing to be like, this is the way it is. This is the tradition. It's not going to get questioned. Like, and there's virtue in that itself of just like not questioning anything, even if it seems bogus to just be like, no, this is the way it is. And there's like piety in that, yeah. you know, yeah. but that's not necessarily true. I think like true piety comes from like, asking questions and understanding and understanding until you get to that point where you're like, Oh, this is the thing that I'm going to be set with because I understand it inside and out from a million different angles. And I get it. And you just have to keep evaluating yourself and keep updating that foundation. Totally. totally. You know, it because can't you stay can't, that way. you can't really like, even if you inside and out have learned everything and truly believe like, okay, this is the right path. Yeah. How can you really teach your kids that? without them doing that research for themselves. They, you know, you can't really pass down, um, like your beliefs. Right. Right. You can, you can try, you can do your best to educate them, but it's up to them to want to follow and, and do their research so that they can ask their questions and believe what they believe. It's less of a set. I mean, I think, uh, at least the way I see religion, it's less of like a set of things that are like truly set in stone mm-hmm. and more of just like some sort of guidelines to like go on a journey. Right. You know, this like mm-hmm. constant like process. A, a of like these guideline are, right. to figure it out for yourself. There are certain things you need to like keep with you on this journey. There's to keep your bearings, but like you don't just sit in one place with it, you know? Yeah. It just goes back to it being an individual pursuit. Yeah. And this Things like this have an effect because if you look at the box office receipts from it, it's what the fifth most profitable 
movie is it? of all of all something time. Something like India, that. Something yeah. like That's that. wild. So yeah. it it did well internationally. It did well domestically, even with and maybe aided by protests <laughs> maybe. and bans yeah, because maybe. The, because it brought it's sort of yeah. curiosity to the conversation. Yeah. But you will have the confirmation bias from people who are stuck in their ways. Of, right. This is a guy who is using his platform to attack my religion because they'll only see it that way. Yeah. Like he's clearly because the the villain is a a Hindu pujari, it's against Hinduism. It's like, no, it had everybody in it. Right. You right, could right. just as easily flip it. Yeah. Uh, but if you're going in, in dominant power structures, yeah. Hinduism is centralized in India yeah. in a big way. Yeah. Like if if they made sure. this in Pakistan, then maybe if it was here, it'd be a megachurch. Yeah, here you it'd know? be a megachurch. You would you would make it here, and people wouldn't bat an eye. You right. go, yeah, okay, fair enough. Right. I mean, you'd you'd have your normal parent te- television council protests and right. Republican national convention condemning yeah. things. But and more so because go, religion is like yeah. a joke in America. Yeah, <laughs> it's the religion of America is consumerism, and then yeah. everywhere else it's it's so ingrained in thousands of years of right. history and culture. So. If you're open to questioning and open to understanding, then great. This will give you an avenue for conversation. Yeah. But if you're completely closed off, yeah, it doesn't change anything for you. Yeah. So it's that's where it's interesting of, okay, you can go with a comedic look at it because you go, hey, look, here's all the serious things. We're having fun with it. You can laugh. You yeah. can laugh because ev- all of this is ridiculous. Right. Everything about all of this is ridiculous. Right. But we're not saying faith is ridiculous. Yeah. What we're saying is the personal dynamics and organization of faith into a commodified experience now that is ridiculous exactly so if that's it's not real superficially yeah it's saying like oh this you know uh mega temple uh guru of this movie who happens to be hindu is like the villain Mm -hmm. but it's what he represents really what the message is it's not saying hinduism is evil it's saying like these kinds of like figureheads what he represents in that same way that imam you brought up someone who is who is taking every aspect of your religious experience and guiding it, shaping you, molding you towards one singular purpose, like her father, like Anushka's father in it, right. where he doesn't question anything. He prays everything. He does the the online devotional things, mm-hmm. ordering ma- like to go prasad. Like, th- there's a whole thing of, of actual active faith that doesn't exist there. Because now it's here's a point and click experience and I'm going to run over to him and he's going to tell me everything. Yeah. And I can't think, I'm not going to think for myself. I won't question anything. Right. I love my daughter, but I love him more. Yeah. Sort of, sort of thing where fundamentally everything you see about Sarfaraz is he's a really nice guy. Yeah. yeah. He's just a really <laughs> sweet guy. And yeah. the only thing yeah. against him is that he happens to be a Pakistani Muslim. Like, okay. Yeah. Is that really a big deal? Yeah. But yeah, these are just yeah like it's a huge deal. Old world things that. I mean, yeah, there's people who like are going to have that allergic reaction just mm-hmm. in their relationship to be like, oh, my God, like, yeah, a, a Muslim and a Hindu are having an affair like this is. Yeah, a and it, terrible I, I look thing. at it. I have I have Muslim people in my family. I have Christian people in my family and we're a bunch of South Indian Brahmins. So yeah. Yeah. we're uh, should we be disgusted by other members of our family? No, it's fine. It's great. Why not? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's because you're here. Well, in, in the U.S. Yeah, to a degree, yeah. But one of my cousins is is married to like a white Australian girl, and his father married a Zoroastrian woman. Right, right. So it's been going it's on for a while. Place, there's, yeah. A, yeah. there's a lot of rebellion that happens in my family. Um, yeah, that uh, that's all the questions, really. Okay. Um, I wrote down a a couple of notes. There's one of them that I wanted to talk about. 
Um, I wrote, cows are worshipped in Hinduism versus cows in Islam are sacrificed. That must be like a really difficult thing during like uh, during Eid, you mm-hmm. know, during mm-hmm. Eid in, in, in Islam where, you know, we it's called Qurbani mm-hmm. where, um, you know, you sacrifice a cow um, and you feed it to homeless, you feed it to your extended family, and then you feed your family, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that must be a really, really interesting like dynamic mm. in India where, you know, across the street might be, you know, a religious Hindu family. And then on this side of the street, uh, they, they might be watching, mm-hmm. you know, um, I, I don't know. You, you, tell me your thoughts on that. Yeah, it's it goes to that idea of intentionality. There, people are going to do different things, and a yeah. lot of it's based on environment, where these religions sprouted. What are the dynamics? What's normal there versus what's not? What became the ruling orthodoxy? And once you start putting people of different backgrounds, whether how no matter how similar or different, when you start putting them together you're going to have these points of contention mm. and yeah. well, how do you understand it? There is the idea of, okay, here's a sacrifice that is going to help an entire community. And then here's an idea of, we don't sacrifice this animal because right. of all the other hmm. ways you can benefit the community mm-hmm. and, right. and other ways. But what's true for you isn't true for everybody else. You, you can go around and you can say, I don't agree. Right. And that's fine, yeah. but most people will look at it as here's my chance of my own personal crusade. Yeah. It's like, I'm going to stop you from doing this, or I'm going to show you how it is. Most people will look at it and go, "That's okay, that's what you do, that's not what we do. Right, right, right. Yeah. But it is it is a dynamic. You look at it and go, well, how angry are you? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, as a vegetarian, I don't, it's like, I don't eat meat. Yeah, yeah. I'm also not yelling at everybody. Right, right, right. About whether they do or not. That's up to you. That's... That's yeah. your, it's your choice. Just it's your life. Focus Just, on you, man. Yeah. 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 Stop trying to tell people what to do. Yeah. Uh, which is something that I found like interesting in this movie and that like how it criticizes like the preachiness of like every religion, but like in that process ends up being like very preachy itself about mm-hmm. like the way that you should be yeah, going about your life. Um, but uh, I had a question like that I was going to ask you just because this is something that, that, that came across my mind uh, just when watching this movie when it, it, it came to that part where he was um, trying to buy like a statue or like mm-hmm. a figurine outside of the temple and there were like different sizes and prices and not knowing like much about Hinduism, I mean, besides the basics, like to what degree is like using like figurines and, and, and statues like a part of like essential Hinduism and uh, uh, to what degree does that become tainted in like how uh, that can be used as like uh, uh, for a for profit yeah. aspect it's, of the religion, you know, here's how I look at it. There's nothing inherently holy right. about any, any statue or anything. It's a point of focus meditation, right, right? Here's a physical manifestation representation of the divine who you're trying to communicate with. It's just to help you. Right identify right. what what you're looking at now they more of like a framing device yeah a framing like device what you're, you're doing yeah so let's say you're in you're in tirupati and you're you're praying there that temple's been there for 
thousands of years. So already yeah. the amount of just prayer that's happened there, you feel you're on you're on holy ground and things. You look at this and you go, well, this has been here this whole time. The amount of faith that's been poured into this, you feel like you're in a more divine place. Yeah. But inherently, this it's it's artwork. It's representative. It's statuary. The right, entire right. conversation you're having with the divine happens internally. This is just to help you focus. Right. Right. So right. when people say it's uh, you're worshiping a statue, that's not true. It's right, just right, right. here is a focused point of meditation. Here is a yeah. a way I can frame it and understand it. And I look at it going, there's some just beautiful art here. Yeah. Yeah. In in all of these and culturally, you look at it, it's reminders of different personifications of a essential godhead you know great okay yeah. this helps me understand this this will help me understand this this is just a way for right, me to right, look right. at anything right but that's true it is any cross inherently sure uh sanctified yeah. i don't know you could look at a fence post a fence post has a cross in it because it's a bar leading to another bar that's like, true does that mean that every intersection every perpendicular intersection is holy yes it, anything only it only has as much value as you ascribe to it yeah. and there are there are people who will go well right. this is a whether or not it's a physical manifestation it is inherently divine right and that's not that's not necessarily that's, yeah, right, true right, now right. if you're defacing something out of pure hate then that's different right, right. but if it's like look you can buy these you can buy statues in grocery stores yeah so it's, it's just so like scary how people can see an in for like something that should be like pure and pious mm-hmm. to make it something like profitable. dark and tainted and yeah. profit off it's of a that. justification for how personal easy malice. that is for people to, yeah. to do is like really scary you look at you look at places you look at temples you look at mosques you look at whatever and you yeah. say okay this is inherently something very meaningful because people put meaning into it right so anyone right. who goes there to taint it or destroy it yeah that by itself is a violation so then right. you go okay the meaning of this place these things in it there's no value to you but to me there might be where the statue in and of itself, this rock, this painting, whatever it is, it's just something to help you focus and understand. Yeah. And here's a place with all of these different ways of if you're focused on praying to different things, then fine. It's, yeah. it's monotheism in just by a different name. They call right. it polytheism because there's different names for different gods, but they're all part of an essential singular experience right yeah. right and I, I think signals get crossed signals when like get people don't understand crossed. that very point yeah it's a it's a right. large philosophical concept where if you really look at it you go conversations that happen in the gita or you look at it and you say well god appears to different people at different times and different names right so is krishna really that different from jesus or or buddha or anything no not really it's like this is experience environment culture there's all sorts of effects that go into this right and if you understand that and again, the essential idea of being good and doing good, what does it matter? Mm. Call whatever you want. Pastafarians yeah. might have a, a valid case. <laughs> oh, right. like, okay, sure. Right. Yeah, I just want to say one more point about like, I think there's certain Muslims or, you know, people of any other faith who like don't get that point about Hinduism being like the different like quote unquote gods are iterations of like the singular God that you have in mind, right? Am mm-hmm. I getting that right? Um, So it's like, I think it's easy for some to say like, oh, they're ascribing so much power into that one little thing. Oh, we don't do that. Like, but like, is that very different from like, you know, different, like uh, luxurious, like prayer rugs that, that mm-hmm. people might 
use in well, Islam or, at, or like the, the prayer beads that we have, yeah, the tasbih, yeah. you know, like there are different ways that like it can become commercial and how those like different like levels of uh, uh, a certain accessory you use in your prayer. Even look at Catholicism. Catholicism tainted. is very, very hard and fast about saying it's monotheistic. Yeah. There's God. There's God's son who died for everyone's sins. <laughs> but then you start canonizing. Yeah. And you start talking about these different saints and people go around with, here's a statue of this saint. Here's the saint that I'm going to pray to. Right, here's a right. patron saint of this guild. Are you praying to, to a saint? Is the saint there? Can the saint actually right, answer anything right, that right. you want? If everything boils back to one, one essential experience. Like you, there's all of these different ways. Everybody says essentially. Yeah. It's, like it's, it's monotheistic. It's polytheistic. It's whatever it is. But if you look throughout the course of history, different gods in different areas of mm -hmm. different places in mm -hmm. India mm -hmm. or wherever in the world have more power or less based on who's in charge. Right. right. And who views what, whose family god who happens who the family that happens to be ruling things who is their family god yeah. does that now take more importance of others yeah because right. somebody's in charge right 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 but it's the same thing you look through the course of history and now they look at greco-roman gods as this passe thing which oh this was an old dead religion that's now fodder for comic books <laughs> but yeah. at some point yeah that was so powerful to yeah. people yeah. that they fought wars over this and had built shrines and sacrifices and all it's the nature of time moving and different things being important to people at different times right and you get lost in that because you get so focused on this is mine so this if it's mine it's right so what's different about yours from mine? So then you look at it, it's like, okay, they have all of these statues. There's all of these events. There's always some festival, some prayer, something's going on. Um, and we, ha we have less. So are they wrong? Are we right? I don't know. Does, does anyone need to be right? Who's, what does that benefit anybody? Right, right. It's just, a, it's just it's another an ego game. thing. It's an yeah. ego thing. Yeah, yeah I, heard, I heard this like just simple statement that, we probably have heard at some point or another, but just in regards to religion, if you're kind, you're doing it right. Yeah. You know, like right. whatever the religion is, like yeah. if you're a kind, like merciful, empathetic person, you're doing whatever it is you're doing the right way. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. All right. This is the part where we rate the movie uh, yeah. and we give it one to 10 dishooms. So I'll go ahead and start. I'm going to give it, a 6.8 dishooms. Nice. 6.8. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, it was good. It had a good message. Wasn't the best. Wasn't the funniest. Didn't have like cryability factors, <laughs> uh, which is important to me in, in a rating of a, of a film. Cryability. So I'm going to give this a 6.8. Yeah. Nice. What do you think, Rob? I'm going, I, I'm going a little bit higher. I'll give it... 7.5 because fair. i like the questions that it brings up if we've yeah. had all of these conversations that all stemmed from this yeah it appeals to my my desire to question and learn as many things as possible yeah and i like the playfulness which with which they handed it but there's things in it where all oh, this love story is unnecessary what are you what are you gonna do <laughs> yeah, there's yeah, certain yeah. things that i, I look yeah. at it and go yeah if you're amir khan you're the guy who made Lagan. Every movie that you make now has a message and some socially relevant thing. Yeah. You have enough cachet. You can do whatever you want. Yeah. Right, it's right, going right. to get made. Right. And whether people are angry at you or not, it doesn't matter right. because you are so respected globally. Right. 
really go you're for gonna it. be fine yeah, yeah. really Just lean into it really go do for what it. you do but i admire the heck out of the guy because yeah. he's willing to take take the shots yeah, yeah. he's and, taking uh, he's taking risks that yeah no one else is willing to take nobody yeah. nobody's yeah. willing to nobody thinks they can he and plays then, an important important role in yeah. bollywood that's yeah. why when they ask the question of who's your who's your favorite con because everybody's got one you go uh, I think it's Amir Khan yeah. just because there's so much variety and risk with what he with what he is doing. Yeah. yeah. Where everybody loves Shahrukh Khan but he's made the same movie for 25 years. Just and they're fun, trash, but man. it's it's a uh, wealth porn. He makes wealth porn of it's the same Romeo and Juliet story told yeah. in a bigger house with different outfits and more travel. <laughs> and then Amir Khan is making movies about religion and autism. And, I, I, and think, I think I think he's he's a true artist. Yeah. I think sure. he's a true artist. For yeah. sure. So I I really enjoyed this, and and the the only other movie that I really think of that came out recently in India that was like this was the Paresh Rawal, Oh My God, where the man sues sues God yeah. because his store uh, gets destroyed. I've and that's heard based that. on I've heard of that, yeah. it's based on an Australian story. It was like oh, and it's one of the rare cases where they actually credit the original story in it. It's like wow. based on the man who sued God oh, by this. Okay. Right, right, it's like, right. That's another fun, playful thing. Yeah. Where he's actively suing God, and God is on his side helping him sue God. Like oh, okay, these conversations are coming up, and yeah. they're usually in these comedic ways because in a place in faith-based places like India and Pakistan and everywhere else. If you try to diffuse it with humor, people are willing right. to listen because they can go, ah, it was just a joke. Yeah, yeah, If you yeah. go too serious, they're like, no, you have a problem. Yeah, it's <laughs> fine. I everything that's wrong with you. Yeah. And they even has that where the priest tries to undermine uh, PK because he says he, he must be Muslim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not, he's not he's, anything. He's not anything. He's just, he's just he's a person. A, a and damn alien. There's no labels on anybody. You're taught everything. You become what you're taught. Circumstances right. help define who you are. And for someone who's defined by a culture that's completely built on education and understanding, like they don't have a language for lying. There's no language, so they don't know how to lie. <laughs> so he learns how to lie. That's the legacy of humanity. <laughs> really, you, right? You the learn thing, how to lie. Deceive the, each other. Like the yeah. last statement was like, he left me with this. He left me with this. Yeah. I learned this from him. I learned this from him. Yeah. What did he learn from us? How he to lie. How to yeah. lie. Yeah. And he did it very, it was the, the harmless white lie. To yeah. save each other's feelings. Right. But at the same time, humans lie all the time out of self-interest. Mm-hmm. And that's very destructive. So if these are the kinds of things in a comedy, and loosely termed a comedy, it's just a, it's a social satire. Like, great. That's worth seven and a half. The haircut and the, the, uh, <laughs> the uh, item numbers sometimes. And the like, prosthetic okay. ears. Prosthetic yeah. ears. Yeah. Which had some good comedic effects. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, there's just those minor things that really chalk up to bollywood pageantry yeah that unless you're making i don't know unless you're like mira nair and you're you're over here making things over there where there's just a different avenue yeah where you can take as many risks as you want because like well it's it's an english movie as a you can tell a really grounded real story and it's it feels more like it's representative of the india in between the wealth porn and the poverty porn yeah because on one side you have all the the slumdog millionaire things which play up poverty and pain and loss, which are there. Yeah. And then on the flip side, you have all of your romantic Bollywood movies where with the flip of a switch, you're in Switzerland dancing on a mountain. It's like this inhabits that in between <laughs> of reality <laughs> in that same way. It's like that people live, things like that, that all just, right. Like, people live. That's another good one. That that we got to watch. Yeah, Great. That's a good one. Um, 
I would say, yeah, again, it's complicated for me because, like, on the one hand, th- this is a truly groundbreaking movie, like, uh, for India and otherwise of just, like, the way that it asks questions uh, about certain religions and, like, ties it down to, like, the central question of, like, what is the truth? How do we get there? Does it really matter what path we take? Um, I think it's amazing and it's it's causing these conversations um but then like as a film the way that it's doing that and the way that it's giving us this message like is very muddy and and it gets jarring to me and it it kind of took me out of it like near the end of it when it starts to go off the rails and get really loopy uh so all together yeah i'd I'd give it like a 6.4.3 maybe yeah it's all about in the same range yeah 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 Yeah. very Um, enjoyable i I definitely would like would recommend it for sure mm -hmm. Because it makes people think. Yeah. And like anything, these are just our opinions. Yeah. So you watch it and you decide for yourself. How many dishooms it means. Yeah. Um, final thoughts. Final thoughts. Anything you want, you, you took away from it. Take home message. Any advice you want to give to the listeners. Whatever. Final thoughts. Here's my big takeaway from mm. it. Mm. The quiet moments in it are what you're going to remember the most. When mm. it doesn't matter it's whoever's helping him happens to be hindu muslim jain right. christian there are people who are actively trying to help him and be good and understand and he's trying to help them the people that he brings in to the temple and says show me the label who are they can yeah. you tell from what they're wearing and pujari's wrong on every count <laughs> it's labels are only what you put on them right you can believe what you want to believe as long as you're not hurting anybody yeah, and you're the, you're being good. It's all a package. Then then fine. Like we're having this conversation. We're all brought up in different structures of different faiths and different places in the world. We're having a perfectly civil conversation about what amounts to a comedic Bollywood movie. <laughs> so no one's getting hurt here. No one's getting angry. These are just conversations and questions which you should feel free to have with people around you. Yeah, that's a great great final thought. Uh, I would say um, whether you're religious or not, just like self-evaluation is like very key, you know, uh, to living like a healthy lifestyle. So I think um, in regards to religion, like, yeah, you need to like self-evaluate, work on yourself and not like worry too much about other people. I think like religious people have a tendency to like point out the sins or the wrongdoings of other people in a way to make them feel better about themselves and their shortcomings when it comes to practicing the faith. When really like what I've learned is like in order to become a really pious uh, person, at least from an Islamic standpoint is to like really self-evaluate and be like, am, am I doing okay? Like don't worry about other people. Like I need to make myself better. Worry about yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would say pay attention to red flags. Um, if something feels wrong in any aspect of your life, uh, whether it's like school, you feel like the teacher is kind of biased or whatever, um, pay attention to red flags, ask questions, do your own research and believe what you feel is the right thing. Like whether whoever's teaching you X has the right intention behind it. If, if, if you feel like they are uh, a completely unbiased 
person. Um, you know, just pay attention to those things. Pay attention to the way people say things about whatever they're teaching you and, and question it. Do your own research. Nice. Yeah. yeah, guys, thank you so much for listening. Rama, thanks so much for being here. Once again, uh, you can find him on Twitter at Pooch Juice and on Instagram at Rama Valuri. It's Pouch Juice. <laughs> That's what I said earlier, yeah. yeah. But I like juice I like sounds juice. like juice sounds pretty good. a little fruit drink for dogs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Man, can I? Ch- you can't change your name on Twitter. I got. It's, it's gonna be a new account. <laughs> yeah, so you I can. I think. Can you? Yeah. Instagram, you can. Instagram, you can't. Yeah. Twitter, you can change both like your real name and like your at as well. I think that's Instagram. No, you can do that on both. What? Yeah, you can Man. do everything on both. There's some social media platform where you can't change. I think it's actually YouTube. You can't change it. You can yeah. only change it Your on YouTube name. once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can do that on YouTube once. Yeah. But guys, you want to start a business selling fruit Pooch drinks juice? to dogs? I'm down, dude. Hell yeah, dude. Like that it. shit would sell so that, that hard rolls in off LA. the tongue, man. Hell yeah, I man. am so ready to do like, that. Like, you know, like... That's like my brilliant idea of edible gulab jamun. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> I like this idea a lot. I, right? That, that didn't yeah. click with me. I was just like, gulab jamun's already edible, you <laughs> idiot. <laughs> Yeah, every time I tell someone about that idea, they're just like, "Dude, that's never gonna work." <laughs> but oh, I really think it would. Work. I really I mean, think it would. Any it people would love to get high. Why would and they not, love gulab jamun. Why would that not work? Yeah, it's got everything that you need to make it work. Yeah, somebody yeah. just has to do it. Yeah, and that'll be coming to you from the makers of Pooch Juice. Right, right. We sell two products: <laughs> Pooch Juice and edible gulab jamun. <laughs> All right, guys, thank you so much. हाथों में हाथ लिए चार कदम बस चार कदम चल दो ना साथ मेरे दिल कुछ कहे दिल कुछ सुने हाथों में हाथ लिए guys for listening to the Bollywood Boys podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at bwoodboys with a Z. And like us on Facebook at www.facebook.com backslash ratedacy. And subscribe to us on iTunes and SoundCloud. Good night, 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 good night